Hey everybody, it's your girl Charlene with Soul Sisters Talk. And listen, I am still here with Jasmine Coleman. We are here because we needed to do a part two. We said we could not leave you guys with just the information we gave you. There are some real mental health challenges in our community. And I personally like to use the word emotional health challenges in our community because some things are mentally, chemically imbalanced. Some things are emotionally unbalanced, meaning we're going through an emotional time in our lives that has nothing to do with a chemical structure per se, but it definitely has something to do with an emotional stress that we're going through. I shared earlier that I too dealt with some anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And on this show, one of the things that I really focus on is being transparent. And so I'm not afraid to tell my truth. Okay. So I, I dealt with anxiety, depression, when I lost my, when I went through a lot of death in my family. I lost my sister. A year later, I lost my mom. Four months later, I lost my brother. Um, That was one of the darkest times in my life. Not because of death itself, but because of the thought of not having those people who I was used to having all of my life present. And what what would life be now without them? And it was a time that I didn't even care if anyone else understood. It was real for me. It was a real emotional place that I was in. And I knew I wasn't there alone. I knew my siblings were going through it. We didn't necessarily talk about it, right? Because sometimes in, not even in our brown and black communities, but even in your own families, you don't always talk about what you're going through. Uh, About two or three episodes ago, I did a journal reading that actually dealt with this um, trap between your worry and your peace. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this very moment of when I was just really stuck. Even though I'm a faithful believer in Christ, I was stuck between a place of really bad worry and depression and stress and trying to get to my space of peace. And I think that happens many times with all of us and being able to identify that that was a time in my life that I needed some emotional help. And then I will just be transparent again. I had a child who had suicidal ideations and it caused PTSD for me. I literally had the fight or flight when he was getting triggered and I could see it. Like you said, people who are going through um, panic attacks, a person around them can see it coming on a mile away. I can see it shift in his face. I can see all the emotions start to change. And if I didn't, wasn't able to grab my child and get him to focus on it and get him to take his mind off of whatever that stressor was that was happening in his life, it would totally lose control. And it was really a scary for me at the time because not only at that same time, I was still dealing with the grief of my family. And so I thought it was important that we kind of touch base on a little bit more on anxiety, stress, depression, and possibly panic attack. And if our healthcare professional would like to share another other areas that we need to focus on. But we kind of talked about some tools that um, our listeners could use to kind of give themselves a maybe a gauge for where they are. One of those tools was the Beck depression scale. Mm-hmm. And you said that if that scale, if they take the scale and they're charting between one and 20, you know, 
tell us a little bit about what they can find if they're doing that. So I can pull it up specifically and, and, and you guys can Google it, like just type it up and you'll you'll be able to find it. But you, it ranges between one to 40. Okay. That's your scores. Um, one to 10, it's considered your regular up and downs and all of us will be within that one to 10 range. We have good days and we have bad days. Then you have 11 through 16, which is mild mood disturbance. And a big chunk of us will go through that as well. Okay. Some of us are a little bit more emotional, so we'll take things a little bit more to heart. Then when you start to get 17 to 20, that's your borderline clinical depression. That's when you're at that verge of, if you go a little bit more, you're gonna be diagnosed with an actual depressive disorder. That's why I said anything above 20, you're at your moderate depression, then 31 to 40 severe, and then over 40, you're extremely depressed. Okay. So usually that's why I recommend anyone that goes above 20, um, start consulting either with loved ones to see what they may see or call your primary care doctor. Usually that's the first step for people who may not want to go directly to a, to an office that specializes in mental health to see a psychiatrist because now primary care doctors will prescribe some of these medications. And it's just the biggest thing is when you start to see that change and we sometimes want to be in denial but we personally see it too yeah we see we see the change and 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 adding to being transparent i've personally dealt with depression myself i've never have lost a loved one um that i that really hurt i did lose an uncle to overdose um but that was a little bit different i think relationships is women we go through relationships and my first marriage that triggered a lot of depression that led to a mild eating disorder that led to a whole bunch of other stuff so that that of course always hits close to home because as women we're in a sense emotional beings and we love hard and and to lose who your high school sweetheart was the the father of your children and and to be in a sense in some type of abusive setting was it's hard because you're not only losing that sense of family that you were kind of educated to have you know that's my parents are still married and they've known each other for years and it's kind of that letdown and you start playing that guilt trip and and now your, your children are fatherless which is then is another stigma in in the brown community because yeah. now you're a single mother and then being a teenage mother so it was a lot of emotions um that I remember I did go through the, the suicidal phase of, well, maybe I just don't need to be here. Like mm -hmm. my, my children will be fine. They have grandparents that love them, that'll take care of them. And it, it was just a lot because at the same time, becoming a young mother, I gave up a lot of my dreams and goals. Mm -hmm. And then in, in reality, there was a point in my life where I resented my oldest, like, why are you here? Mm. You messed up not mess up, but you put in pause everything that I wanted to do. And it was never his fault. And one thing that my mom told me, like, well, you chose to do that. Yeah. So you can't blame an innocent child because you chose to be grown, quote unquote, be grown. <laughs> so it took a lot. And, you know, my um, me and my oldest went through therapy. You know, he had individual therapy and then we had family therapy together. So I think that's when mental health really became real to me and that was before I started I went back to school and never thought I would end up in this career field but that was the eye-opener to me that just simple things can trigger that and you go through these emotions and it really is a roller coaster ride because you have your good days and you have your bad days and coming from a Spanish family we don't talk about mental health 
like even till this day, my mom under my parents understand my profession. They know what I do, but then it's just like, does it really exist? That's mm. always the question I get. Like people really, people really go through that. Yeah, people really go through that. So it's just there's still this stigma or this doubt that people can really experience things to that extreme level of life sucks, I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah. Like yeah. it's hard for people to understand that, mm -hmm. especially if they've never gone through it. Right. And then when- Or it never acknowledged that they Or never acknowledged that. it. Yeah. I think that's the, the, the other point too. And then just to understand that it's not just a life experience that may trigger that. There's a lot of things you said, you know, emotional health where sometimes if you're dealing through health issues, you know, diabetics have a high rate of developing a mental health disorder just mm -hmm. because of how their bodies so are the balance, chemical, the chemical imbalance. Then you have pregnant women, you know, they always educate them on mm. postpartum health. Yeah. Even if you don't have a history of any mental yeah. health, that's just a huge shift in hormones and right. changes in a woman's body that a lot of women will experience it. But because giving birth and being a mom is supposed to be quote unquote, this beautiful experience. A lot of people will still shy away from, shy away from it. Cause it's, I'm supposed to be this happy mom, but in reality I'm like dying inside and I don't know what to do, but they're afraid to talk because everybody else around you is, Oh my God, the yeah. baby. And in reality is it, it becomes all about the baby yeah. that the mom yeah. gets forgotten. And I think that's what triggers a lot of that as well. And then just, you know, women who suffer from thyroid can develop a mental health disorder once again because of the hormone changes and the chemical imbalances or there's so many things that, like you said, a lot of us have neglected or we don't, we shy away from because we don't want to see the reality of it. And I think what you, you touched on so many good things. I think one of the things that I caught in the conversation that you said, had, sometimes we are historically we've never seen that in our family right or we've never acknowledged that or admitted you know we've always had that uncle that like uncle johnny he crazy you know what i'm saying <laughs> but you laugh about it right or aunt Susie, honey she she a little off you know she didn't take her medicine today we joke about that however even when we feel like something well i've never seen this in my family there are things that can trigger your body kicking into the emotions or um, you know, we talk about serotonin and dopamine that shifts in the body that changes your mood. And so she said that, you know, children, having children, I know when I was young and I was single, I was happy all the time. The minute I became a wife and a mama, I was a little more stressed, a little more depressed, a little more anxious. Because now my, it could, it doesn't, that may have not been hormonal, but that was definitely emotional because the pressure in life shifted for me. But if you get diagnosed with a medical, think about someone's diagnosed with lupus or cancer. Um, cancer. Um, you said thyroid issues. Now you have something chemically happening in the body or physical happening in the body, right? And then they're introducing chemicals because they're trying to medically treat, right? With a prescription, that physical change that's happening. So those combined can trigger emotional and mental trauma starting to happen because your body's trying to handle all of this. So women, basically what we're really trying to say is there are different things that can become a catalyst to start a a concern for you to say, maybe I can get 
help with what I'm going through. And it's not a bad thing. I don't want any listener to be sitting in their room listening to this saying, I don't want someone to think I'm crazy. Well, let me be the first to say, you're not, right? You're not, you're absolutely, you're human. And on this journey in life, we're gonna have ebbs and flows, ups and downs, highs and lows. We're gonna hit brick walls. Sometimes we're gonna slide down the slide. Things are gonna be easy. Sometimes they're gonna be challenging, but we need to know that we're better together. And so can you share a few tools um, that people who may be suffering from the following could do? I'm gonna give you some, and then you kind of throw out um, maybe some examples. If we're suffering with anxiety, what are things that you think that women can do or people can do who are dealing with that if they feel that coming on? I think anxiety is our most common one that most of us can say we have experienced, whether we're anxious about how we're gonna pay the bills next month or whether we're anxious because our spouse was laid off or we're dealing with a new medical diagnosis that we weren't expecting. Um, there's a lot of things that will trigger that. Um, and it's just remembering anxiety is one of those things that you can manage if you learn what that specific trigger is. It's just kind of, we, we hear a lot about deep breathing, um, meditation, um, counting to 10. A lot, a lot of children that I deal, that I work with that have anxiety is count to 10. Or either you count from 1 to 10 or from 10 to 1, whichever one helps you a little bit more. Um, being able to focus on something. Um, and I always tell my kids, it's okay to hit something just in a safe manner, hit a pillow, hit a teddy bear, um, scream on the pillow, go outside and throw something. That's perfectly fine. As long not as a rock, maybe a, a rock. football, <laughs> baseball with your friends. <laughs> yeah, not a rock, but being able to release that. We're human beings. You have to find a way to release it, but in a healthy manner and in a safe manner. And that's good. And for anxiety too, you know, some of the things that you were talking about, you were talking about deep breathing, meditation, counting, focusing, and just finding a way to release. That could be also self-care for women. Maybe you're anxious. So maybe it's going for a walk. Yeah. Maybe it's um, taking a bubble bath. Maybe it's doing those things that cause you to relax and take your mind off of whatever that rumination is that's happening, right? Definitely. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think earlier we were talking about the many hats we may wear as far as if we're a mom, if we work, if we're whatever we may do, we sometimes start to neglect ourselves. And that's just not just for women. That's men and women. Yes. We, we have so many roles and so many responsibilities that we just go through the motion. We wake up, we go to work, we, we do what we got to do. And, and we forget about ourselves that once you start neglecting yourself, those things are going to come about that anxiety, that stress, the depression, because you're no longer in a sense caring for yourself. Mm. And you know, our body is important. We have to care for it. We have to eat well, we have to sleep enough that when you start neglecting it, neglecting it, all these things are going to come about. So it's always huge. Like you said, something as simple as go for a walk. I tell my clients sometimes, watch your favorite TV show. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you sitting in the couch, grabbing a blanket and just chilling all day that's a self-care day watch your favorite Laugh. network series um something sweet and it's crazy how something just whether it's a hot summer day and we have that nice cup of tea or that ice cream how it'll change your mood it's the mm, same thing when you're going good. through a phase I've, i did it a lot with my teenagers like okay something sweet just right now we're angry we're bitter we're uh 
something sweet. How do you think that's going to make a change? And, and it was crazy to see that it, they would. You wow. know what? They would text me, Miss Jasmine, I had an ice cream, my favorite ice cream. And you know what? It brought a smile to my face. It's the simple things like that or, or going for a walk. Or a lot of us who, I go to the gym to de-stress and let it out. That's the perfect environment. Hence <laughs> what I need to do. <laughs> so we all are very different. Yeah. You know, just because I'm throwing these out there does not mean that's going to specifically work for that person because we're but all very it. different. Right. Just trying. But giving you options of things that you can try. You have to find those things and one of those things that will help you get out of the funk or the cycle of anxiety is trying new things too as well. So what about women dealing with stress or people dealing with stress? And we tend to preference women because this is a soul sisters talk, right? Um, but people dealing with um, stress, I'm sure some of the tools that you can use with anxiety would work with stress, but some of the things that you may say. I think self-care is the biggest thing. Um, stress, we all stress about things. There's a million and one things that we could stress about. Lord but it's have just, mercy. <laughs> it's it's, it's self-care. It's just, you said like that bubble bath. The stressor is not going to go away. Whatever we may be stressing, like we're stressing about finances, there's nothing that could change it at that moment. And we can learn to put some of those in priority, especially with mm -hmm. women, because we can become overwhelmed. A lot of times we're overwhelmed because we're committing ourselves to too much. Yes. We are extending ourselves beyond our limits, right? And so we are becoming stressed because I've committed to be the um, pickup mom for the um football team or the basketball team and then I, I told so so I bring them dinner tomorrow and I've got to go get my dry cleaning for my husband and you know we're doing all these things and sometimes we become overwhelmed as women and so sometimes we have to slow down and kind of prioritize things in and our learn lives. how to say no oh yeah <laughs> no um the year of no <laughs> I'm unavailable I think and and once again it goes to because we're nurturers, because we're loving, and because that's just most of our nature to want to do things and to be a part of things that we forget about ourselves. But you really have to learn to say no, like, and that's say yes good. to yourself. That's I think that's really the good. biggest thing. Like, you know what? No, I'm not picking nobody else's kid today because I'm gonna go get my nails done or I'm gonna go get a pedicure. And I'm not being mean because I say no. I'm gonna say, well, I can't do it this week, but maybe me and your mom can come up with the schedule and we can work that out. Um, it's oh, it's being okay with saying I can't this time, you know. And I think that is scary for most of us because we have become people who everyone depends on. Yeah. Our husbands, our children, our co-workers, our boss. If you're good at what you do, people depend on you. And they look for you to always say yes. And so sometimes women, to decrease some of the stress that we're going through, we have to make choices not to put ourselves possibly in those situations when possible. Um, what about panic attacks? That's a really big one um, nowadays. People are really dealing with, you know, panic attacks and just having this full on where they're just kind of stuck in that moment of emotion. How, what would you say for that? I think the biggest piece is to know what may trigger that. Um, and most people who have panic attacks or suffer from panic attacks they know what that trigger is if i don't suffer from a panic attack how do how do i identify a panic attack from anxiety is there a big difference there's a huge difference okay a panic attack it's you're gonna be hyperventilating you're gonna feel like you can't breathe most people who i have worked with that truly have the diagnosis of having panic attacks 
they say it feels like they're having a heart attack mm. and they have to stop everything. I had a young lady who had a panic attack in the highway and wow. she, as soon as she felt it, she had to kind of pull Ooh. over on the side of the highway because she knew that once it was coming in, she, it would have caused an accident right. or potentially her life. No, when you are having a severe panic attack, it may it's scary if someone is with you because there's nothing that you can do to pause it at that time besides kind of be that that soothing like it's okay calm down or focus or breathe but you kind of have to let it go go through and it's different because you can have anxiety attacks you can have those but a panic attack the way that most of my clients have described it is hyperventilating their heart is beating really fast their palms may be sweaty or they might just be sweating sweating in general it's something completely different it almost takes over sort of what you're saying it's almost like a seizure like you're in this thing that is just you're taking in that control. Moment. yeah mm -hmm. and it's taking control of you so guys if anyone is suffering from a panic attack you know i think that is something that um can be pretty severe because depending on where you may experience that, like you said, your client could experience it on the highway. It could be very dangerous. So knowing the things that may trigger that is what you said. Um, and then if I know that, and I know that I'm about to walk into say a crowd, what kind of things can I do to help myself? I have to go to this crowd because we're going to a concert, so I have to be in this crowd. What kind of things can I do to mentally prepare myself to go into this environment? I think one of the things is to have whatever tools that you use to soothing, where it's the stress balls, um, some people, the the clicking the pen, okay. um, playing with your fingers. A lot of people will like their knuckles, will crack their knuckles. Um, I think the biggest thing is being in that moment where, yes, I'm in this large crowd, but I can in a sense learn how to tune it out where I don't let it affect me. And that's what the squeezing or the mm -hmm. clicking is, just kind of refocusing your focus on something other than the situation or the mm -hmm. external thing. You're kind of bringing it back in and focus on something you want to target on versus the pressures of what's coming outside. What about, um, I know we talked a little bit about this with the Bex depression, but what about depression? What kind of things can people do if they're suffering from depression? Open your blinds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, if you're sitting in a dark room all day, open your blinds. The smallest things really can make the difference. If you're isolating yourself in the middle of depression, to extend yourself so that I'm not isolated, I think is one of a beginning to that we use in our office. You know, just the smallest things. If you're laying in bed, open your blinds. The light coming in could do amazing things for your health. But what would you say? I think, um, when most of us think of depression, we think sad, blue, crying 24-7. But in reality, depression can be both. It can be sad and blue, or it could be I'm super irritated, moody, and I'm lashing out. Mm. And most people don't, you hear the word depression, you mean, oh, they're crying all the time, they're isolating, they're in a dark room, but it doesn't necessarily always look that way. Okay. And, and you have to see what what type of depression you may be experiencing because some people who are very into with their emotions you may see that crying and, and sleeping a lot and being super emotional but the ones who i can't show that weak side can't mm. show that then they're not only dealing with the depression but they're fighting with Ooh, that's good. so then that triggers the i'm angry i'm irritated i'm frustrated that's good and it's a sense that's just them screaming out like you're I'm hiding this emotion, yeah. but it's showing in a different way because now I'm lashing out or I'm 
creating the argument and everything. And it's just being able to understand. And many of us can be depressed over many things. We lost a loved one. Um, our relationship ended. Um, we may be dealing with self-image issues. We may be dealing with a new medical illness. There's a million things of past trauma that maybe we haven't really moved on from. Yeah. It's so many things. And a lot of the women that I work with that suffer from depression is being able to express those feelings. And you don't always have to express them to me. I tell them journal. Yes. I'm really oh, big on yes, journaling. Yes, yes. Journal your emotions and yes. you don't ever have to read it to nobody, but it, it lets you let it out. Yeah. Um, or record it. We have smartphones now. Record that and, and it's in your recordings and no one's ever going to hear it. But just finding tools of, I need to let this out. Because at the end of the day, we need to say it out loud. We don't necessarily have to say it to someone, but it needs to come out. And just being able to find the things that work for you. And it, it's something simple as stepping outside just to get the fresh air, to feel the fresh air on our skin. Um, doing things that you may enjoy. Okay, you don't want to leave the house, but let's try and cook us a simple meal. Um, let's try to get a shower and put on some new set of clothes if we've been That's in bed good. for days. Yeah. Um, or engaging in things that we may like. And I think we, most of us may have one person we can talk to. Maybe I don't want to talk, let's text. A lot of my clients, they don't like talking, so they'll text me. Um, I'm having a bad day and, and I, I send them quotes. I'm really big on the quotes. I have positive affirmations. And actually that's one of the tools that I use when I deal with clients who have depression. Okay, give me your five most negative comments you tell yourself every day. Whether I hate myself or I'm ugly or I'm worthless. And we literally spend an hour or more turning those into positive affirmations. That's good. And we create this poster. Okay, here's the negative things that you tell yourself on a daily basis. This is how you flip it into being something positive, still acknowledging that that feeling, but in a more positive way. That's good. So now, instead of saying, I hate myself, now we're gonna say it in a positive way. And it helps. I have, uh, I have clients who have it on their phone. I have clients who have the poster in their bedroom. Um, I'm really big about sticky notes and reminders just to get you through the day. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I think I, this has been very insightful. And if I could leave a thought with you guys to say, you never know what someone is experiencing behind closed doors. And sometimes what people are presenting you, and this really hit me when um, Jasmine was saying, depression can be angry or acting out. Sometimes we, we have that coworker who's always mad and you know they're always snapping at someone and you're just thinking, oh my God, they're the worst. I don't wanna be around them. You never know what that person is going through behind closed doors. And so they're dealing with, they could be dealing with depression. They could be dealing with anxiety. They could be dealing with something we have no idea about. For me, empathy and compassion towards other is the beginning of us healing hurt that exists that we may not know about. We may not know how to express it or tell someone else, but I believe that if each one teaches one and each one shows care for another person, your smile could be the thing that breaks someone from committing suicide that day. You're reaching out and hugging someone. You're looking beyond their snapping 
and seeing a need in someone's heart or life, you can change the trajectory of that moment that they're going through. And so again, to all of my listeners, if you know someone or you personally are going through um, some emotional or mental health concerns, there are tools that you can find online. There are counselors that you can do that, that they participate in telehealth. You can reach out to your insurance companies and tell them what you are looking for, that you'd like to find a, a licensed professional counselor, a psychiatrist. They can connect you to the right people. Um, you can reach out to our podcast and we can connect you with the information to Jasmine. There are hotlines available. There are 1-800-PRICES lines. There is your neighbor, your friend, your co-worker. There's someone that you can reach out to talk to. The most important thing is you're not alone. I thank you again for joining us on Soul Sisters Talk. You guys have a great day and follow us on all of the social media platforms and all the podcast streaming services, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, man, we're everywhere. Thanks guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful, positive week.